podcaster. I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my name is Megan Bryant, and this is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. I'm an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids. I'm a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. As I've been going through life, I've learned how much I love to share my stories, listen to others share their stories, and find connections of cool people doing cool things all around me every day. This is a podcast where I'm going to be all over the board. Personal growth, professional strategies, and my perspective and experiences on a lot of different topics. So join me, Megan Bryant, and let's keep in mind that we don't have to be a big deal to do big things. At what point do you finally give up on something that you love? I have found myself asking that question. Um, This episode is just, uh, man, it's just to walk through this process a little bit to decide when do you get to finally throw in the towel Recently, I saw an episode of Little House on the Prairie. I've been watching that with my kids. We lovingly call it LH on the Pizzle because why not? I I said that one day. I was like, I called it that and now all the kids call it that and it cracks me up. So we're watching this episode and a tornado touches down on the Ingalls farm and doesn't take out the whole community, you know, everybody lives far apart from each other, so Charles uh, gets the family in the middle of the night, and they they go into the little underground shelter thingy, and, and he lets the animals out so that they can run and not be stuck inside of the barn, and morning comes, and he looks around, and it's just devastation, the The barn and the house have a lot of damage. The crops are totally just, the field is wiped out. Um, Even the little baby calf um, had gone back into the barn and got crushed by a beam and died. And and he finally loses it. Charles Ingalls, of all people, who is just so optimistic, such a shoulder-to-the-wheel kind of guy, just keeps going against all odds and forging the life that he wants for him and his family as they left the big woods and all these different challenges that come. And he finally throws in the towel. He's like, ah, is this it? Is this a sign? Is this a sign from God that this isn't where we're supposed to be? I'm done. Like he's just so mad. And in that heat of the moment goes to his boss at Hanson Mill and says, hey, tell everyone my property's up for sale. I'm out. I'm gone. And just uh, starts making plans to go home to their prior home. And he's like, man, Carolyn, we just keep getting smashed down these dreams. And, and he's like, I'm a good man. I try to do the right thing. I am just tired. I'm so tired. And you see her looking on and smiling, you know, letting him be who who process through this thing, this moment. And and so the episode, of course, goes on to start the process of packing and getting ready to move. And this little old couple is going to come back and take on the farm and used to be their farm. It was their dream to come home to the little farm that they lived in, uh, lived on when they were newlyweds and whatever. And... 
So I'm watching this episode and getting a little emotional because it's so hard. Our living the life that we want, building the life of our dreams is hard. And a lot of times it feels like these tornadoes touch down and just blow it to smithereens. And I have felt like that a lot of times. And I find myself beating my head against the wall sometimes because I live in a big community. I live in a valley where there's over 300,000 people that live here. And yet sometimes I struggle to fill an improv class, a four-week improv class with six or eight people. I struggle sometimes and I'm like, how is this possible? There's surely among these hundreds of thousands of people, there's got to be people who are looking for it. And maybe they just don't know that it's here. They don't know where to look. They haven't learned how to Google improv Boise. And if they did, my name would pop up. And so would a couple of my local friends who teach it. And so I just am thinking, what in the world? Is this a sign that I'm supposed to quit? Like what I, I've been working hard for a long time to turn these hobbies, these passions, these Talents that I feel like I was so lucky to be given by the higher power that I believe in to serve other people. And yet, even in that best effort and when I'm feeling like I'm trying to be genuine in serving others and so many times over the years that I've donated my time and volunteered for things and and now I'm like, I can't I can't even fill a workshop to cover my rent, you know, like I start really nickel and diming it and looking at the business model and being like, what am I doing wrong here? And it gets frustrating. And so just a lot like how Charles was in that episode, he was so mad and he started making this big life change and I'm done. He's just screw this. And there was a couple of big things. He did not wait until he had caught his breath calm down a little bit, re-examine the situation before he started making these hasty, big decisions. Additionally, he didn't even consult his family and none of them wanted to move. They were like, excuse me, Pa, uh, we like it here. And uh, even little Mary had just found love with John Jr. or whatever his name is. And, and he didn't consult the family. He didn't look at the bigger picture in that moment. He just had that rage that, um, uh, you know, like whatever. Okay. He's just done. Right. And so I was watching this and I was recognizing the times that I've had this similar feeling. And when I'm frustrated and I'm so, so tired and feeling maxed out and feeling like I've tried so many different ways to build my business and kind of like swinging a miss and a swinging a miss. And yet I hear feedback that is positive, that it is on the right track, that it is what people want. It just is confusing to people of what the actual deliverable is. But sometimes when I'm in that heat of the moment and I can feel just that anger, it's almost like an anger headache. And it's, it's a def- feeling of defeat that kind of consumes me sometimes where I'm just like, screw this. And so I've looked at some jobs online and thought maybe I better look at a quote unquote day job. (laughs) Not to say that my job is not a day job because sometimes it's during the day. Uh, It's just more of a unique schedule. Nevertheless, I found myself 
um, in a couple of different scenarios uh, during the past, I don't know, couple of years of just being like, is this a sign? Is this failure or what feels like a failure, a sign that I'm supposed to stop? Do I give this up? Do I just throw in the towel and go get a standard 40-hour-a-week job somewhere? And so all of this to say that there's a few things that I do. When I feel myself getting into this mode, there's three things that I do. The first one, as painful as it is, I make myself take a break. I take a break from thinking about the thing. I go do something else. I go lay on the couch and cuddle with the kids while we're watching a show or play or do something to take my brain out of that moment of anger and the frustration and that feeling of hopelessness. So I unplug in some way, go for a walk, load the kids up, go for a drive, whatever it is, um, somehow stop what I'm doing and wait to calm down before I make any decisions. And to be careful to not say things I might regret later. Like I think as parents, sometimes if we're mad and we kind of are tromping around the house about something, I don't want my kids to ever mistakenly think that they are causing these challenges. And so I'm really mindful of that. If I'm really upset about something, um, maybe I do actually need to take a moment to chill out and like go in the backyard, kick my shoes off, let the feel the grass under my feet for a minute, breathe in some fresh air for a second. And, and to be very careful that my kids see the way that I can process frustration in a healthier way. So taking a break, unplugging, really taking a, allow, allowing myself that time to reset and not get on my own case for being like, I just wasted an hour resting on the couch. Instead, I could have been doing something, sending an email or trying to get something else on the books for work, whatever. The work will always be there. Number two, I have learned, and this one's painful, has been hard, but it's actually becoming very rewarding. Number two is to be open to a different outcome. My path has been changing a lot. It changed a long time ago from my original kind of daydreams of being on Saturday Night Live or being in blockbuster movies and having, um, you know, my, my own Comedy Central special and different things. Uh, and who knows, maybe something like that could be down the road. My type of comedy is different. It's not just straight up kind of stand up what I grew up watching uh, and sketch performance and different things like that's not what I get to spend 100% of my time doing. And so my path changed a long time ago from what I initially daydreamed it to be. However, the path is, not, is, is actually a really exciting one. So to recognize and be open to a different outcome has made it more exciting about what the future holds. And seeing that I get to use comedy, especially the improv skills, in a totally different capacity to be able to use it for happier, healthier human connections through humor, to use it in the business space, to use it in the everyday applications. That's really what I love to do. It's just been such a hard journey to get it to where it is any type of a consistent income that it stresses me out. And so then it sort of becomes like an unhappy space sometimes. My, my safe, joyful world of improv becomes a burden when it is something that I am uh, relying on um, as a livelihood. 
So being open to that different outcome and listening to the friends and colleagues who love me and who have experienced what I have to offer and taking their um, feedback to be able to shift it in something that is more uh, more along the lines of something that is sustainable, that is still going to be ultra fulfilling for me, um, just like how Charles didn't listen to his family. He didn't even ask his family and yet they love him the most. And so to be able to ask my friends, my family, people who support me no matter what and, and cherry pick some of that feedback to go, Oh, okay. These things feel good. That feels right. And to really let go of the, what, what could have been because that wasn't my path. I, I recognize that it's different and I actually like to, fantasize my my career goals now on a different type of a scale a different type of a stage and letting go of what I think the outcome is supposed to be has made a huge difference it's not easy and I do have to remind myself often that when things are happening it is for this maybe grander picture looking now back at my whole track record of life and seeing all these different types of jobs i've had different supervisory roles different types of bosses and leaders that i have had um, who have influenced my um, the way i conduct myself in business all of those things not only in that professional corporate environment but along with all of my improv training and the performance elements married together is something that is not offered by many people and that is really exciting to just embrace all the different trials I've experienced personally the different things I've gone through professionally um, and bring it all full circle the third thing is to celebrate others I feel like I've probably mentioned this in the past and I know sometimes I'm a smidge redundant in a few areas and that's because honestly, I need to hear things more than once sometimes before it really finally clicks and makes sense to me. And so this is one of them, especially in the space of um, creatives where I might see somebody else doing something that I wish was happening for me um, and get jealous or bitter or or questioning you know, why isn't that happening for me or whatever? So I have to make it a constant practice to celebrate others. When I hear any type of a voice in my mind or any negative energy that I feel in my heart that has any sort of a negativity, I have to shift it right away to say something nice about a person that I see um, and congratulate them in my mind um, or verbalize it out loud. And then if needed, sometimes I will unfollow people, not because I don't love them and respect them, um, but that's all about me. That's, that's, it's, it's not you, it's me. It's because I recognize my triggers a lot in life. I've really learned a lot uh, of how, how and when I, I get triggered and it's not worth it to me to fall down that rabbit hole if I don't have to. And so I will wish people well and just kind of move away from that so that I don't get triggered if I see this other milestone that I am not achieving um, and, and inviting the potential of having a negative thought towards somebody else. Because I really genuinely believe there's so much room for everyone to succeed. There is such a need for 
so many things. Any industry that you are in, whatever your hobby is, whatever your passion is, whatever your career is serving, whatever need it is serving in humanity, there is such a huge need. There are so many people on this planet. And like I just said a minute ago, a lot of times we need multiple layers of reinforcement of the same types of messages. And so just because I look at some people um, and think, man, they have what I want, there's not, it doesn't mean that because they're achieving that success that I can't have a similar type of experience only in whatever capacity it is for me. Uh, one example is with Rachel Hollis, who I kind of dodged watching her stuff and because I was thinking, man, she's saying and doing a lot of the things that I say and do in my workshops and a lot of the... Um, things that she is so passionate about is right in line with stuff that I feel genuinely passionate about too. And on the one hand, it makes me feel like maybe my message is not unique. On the other hand, it's because of the fact that there is a similarity that I think it's that much more important to continue to reinforce that message out there. So I finally listened to her book last week, The Girl uh, Girl Wash Your Face on audio, because I had been putting it off. And then I finally listened to it and I... It did exactly what I knew it would, and so I wish I would have listened a long time ago. I really just um, grew in an appreciation for her, listening to her story, hearing a lot of what she said was really validating for what I am working on in my own life, and recognizing, again, that there's just so much room for everyone to win, and when we rally together and we wish for each other's success, we celebrate each other, we cheer each other on, that can only do good things for us. And so I really find that when I am triggered by something, I have to consciously put a positive edge on it. And it ultimately makes me feel a lot better um, to let go of any type of negative feelings um, and just move forward. Um, so those are, those are the three tips of things that I focus on a lot. Uh, going back to the Charles Ingalls story, in the end, he ended up, of course, not leaving Walnut Grove and had a heart-to-heart with his wife, Carolyn, who was like, hey, we knew you could do it. We could do this together. We love you. We're all, we're all in it together. We've rebuilt from less before and... And we can do it again now. And and so at the very beginning where I posed the question, at what point do you finally give up on something you love? The answer is you don't. You, you don't get to. You have to keep going. Find ways to refuel yourself, to um, have self-care as a priority, And um, like in tip number two, to be open to a different outcome. The thing about it is if you really can allow yourself to be true to who you are, really embrace what you want to share with the world and, and own it for in all of its glory, in the good and the bad, um, you don't get to give up on it. You do get to take breaks though when you're tired, you do get to enlist the help of those who love you and oh man oh I feel like I'm gonna start crying even harder but that's the reality is that 
we're, we're in it until the very end. And I would never forgive myself if I really gave up. If I just was like, screw this. I'm not, I'm not going to do this improv thing anymore. When the very core of what improv is, is to adapt and to make bold choices and to continue to yes and your way through the challenges and the victories. And, and I think that's probably why the journey feels so difficult sometimes is to really practice what I preach and to to be open to what it can be by eliminating the expectation that my imagination wants to be. I'm, I mean, on the one hand, I, I am very, I'm very much an advocate for manifestations, for like really visualizing what you want and dream as big as you can, as big as possible. Picture what it would feel like when you're in that moment. Feel the energy of that moment if your dreams were coming true. I journal things that I hope to have happen as well as as celebrating the things that have happened along the way and taking note of the really hard moments. Uh, But yeah, the reality is you don't get to give up on something that you love. So I'm sorry to report that when you get to the point where you want to throw in the towel, be graceful with yourself and patient and I know from just personal experience that it it keeps going and and it gets better and then it dips down dips down into challenges again sometimes and then it gets awesome again and and it's all the things and you have to keep going and so that's what I'm going to do I'm going to allow the uh, flexibility that it might show up differently and in doing so, perhaps I, I think that the room for the types of stages that I will get to share this message will look so much different than I thought they would have. And I think they're going to be something that are, is even greater than I possibly could have imagined on my own. And to just trust that if I am doing these things with genuine intent to love and serve others, with these talents and to rally together and lift others up and let people um, lift me up when I feel weak, then that, that's what it's all about. Then we can all cross that finish line together and, and celebrate the victories and, um, and commiserate over the, the, the challenges and finding those lessons that um, ultimately make this life worth living. So when you feel like giving up, I'm sorry to say, that is just not an option. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Follow all my shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. And remember, we don't have to be a big deal to do big things.